we can go again. I'll start again, yeah. I'll start again. Hello. Welcome to the Fuck Hunt Kill podcast. Oh, such a better <laughs> intro. I'm, I'm happy we started again. Me too. This is the horror podcast. I, I'm Machi. I'm Abby. We talk about horror films. Uh, sometimes Twilight. Sometimes Twilight. Sometimes <laughs> Shrek. Mm, mostly Shrek. Mostly Shrek. This is mostly a Shrek podcast. We, you know, it's important to talk about Shrek. Yeah. Because Shrek is love. Shrek is life. That's very dated, isn't it? <laughs> no. Okay. It li- lives forever. It's timeless. Yeah. Anyways, it's a podcast. We talk about shit and then we play a game that we made uh-huh. up. We didn't make it up. It's a well, no, we made up the haunt bit. Well, we, yeah. We didn't make up the premise. Yes. But it. Yeah, but I mean, we made it up. It's like the haunt thing is. 100% original and yeah, it's the name trademarked. of our podcast yeah yeah if anyone steals it we sue we will sue yeah we will not sue maybe we'll sue we might we'll, we'll see you know <laughs> anyways and this week we're talking about people under the stairs the people under the stairs directed by oh had a bubble in my voice okay the people under the stairs is directed by Wes Craven and was made in 1991 yes or released it could have been made in 1990 uh correct but we are very informed on this. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to check it. No, we didn't even have to ever check didn't it. Check we didn't it. think. I didn't think it was made in the eighties. I knew for a fact. It looks kind of like an eighties film. It feels it like does. an eighties. I film. mean, nineteen ninety one was like pretty much the eighties. Yeah, like most I mean, of the aesthetics are still kind of there. Yes. Uh, how did you like the people under the stairs? I loved that film. Ah, this film. The great. film. I'm very happy you did. I really enjoyed it. That's even very though good. I wanted to be asleep. Okay, that's fine. That happens sometimes. That was the first time you watched it. Yeah, it was indeed. The cover was spooky. Mm. Uh, spooky man. But I really enjoyed the film. The cover is... Oh, you mean the cover of the, the Blu-ray that we the have? The Blu-ray, yeah. Yeah, so I have the Arrow edition, which has a custom cover. That's not the original cover for the film. Yeah, it's like a skull on a house. Yeah, it's a skull on a house, which is just uh, the ring I, ha- I think they have. Uh, oh yeah it's spencer's ring yeah Mm. so that's pretty much it um but this new cover just has roach and a bunch of other stuff uh, there just the other the boys yeah the The lads that's it the people under the stairs Mm -hmm. cool thanks for listening bye (laughs) it's a good podcast i'm glad we did this we never (laughs) we will never top that no ever did you have any prior knowledge of people under the stairs no and i didn't google it i specifically was like i'll go into it not knowing nothing very good. I knew there was a spooky boy on the cover. Yeah. I thought it was made in the 80s. <laughs> Great. So, I mean, that's a surprise today. But no, I didn't know. I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. Um, and I love Wes Craven. Exactly. But really just like Scream. Yeah, but it's you're a big of... Scream fan, so I would think... Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't know about it. Yeah. But then again... Hmm. Did you ever try to like look into like Wes Craven's filmography and what happened there? No. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I'm just asking. Because that's kind of like the weird part of his filmography. That's kind of his um, uh, like post-nightmare run of studio things that are just like his crazy ideas. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, just go for it. Yeah, well, it so was well. like, I watched the featurette. Yeah. Um, I don't, I didn't pay full attention to it. Okay. Um, but um, he, he was talking about how, what did he say? It was like some, the, the film studio that made it. It was just someone who was like, I like your films. And he was like, no one really did at the time. So that was good. Yeah. And he said it was like at a time in his career where that wasn't a 
popular opinion. I think that was like after because like I think people under stairs is like the last one or one of the last ones where he gets like that amount of control over what he's doing. Mm. Then it kind of starts to wobbles a bit, and then scream is you know written by somebody else and all that kind of stuff. Then he kind of goes back on top, but then it's not like really. It's not like Nightmare, which was written and directed by Wes. Yeah. So it's kind of a different situation. But he has a run, and like the stuff he does between Nightmare and the people under the stairs is probably why he would say that nobody wanted to be that into it, or like the things yeah. he wanted to do. Because what he does after Nightmare is just like the opposite of what Nightmare was. Well, he does like the hills have, or not the hills, is it the hills? That's Hills-Hub? before. Oh. That's before Nightmare. That's okay. his second film. Great film, though. What he does is, let me uh, uh, just make sure. He does, his career is like. The last film so, on the left. That's his first film. <gasps> um, no, so after Nightmare, he does. <laughs> he has a bunch of weird shit. He does a film called Chiller, which I haven't seen. Uh, Deadly Friend. Uh, the Serpent and the Rainbow, which is kind of interesting. Shocker. The Hills of Eyes is before Nightmare, you scumbag. Yeah, that's what I said. No, you didn't. What? What do you mean? You said after. No, it's before. So he he does uh, Last House on the Left. Um, that's his first film. Then I think his second like big film was The Hills Have Eyes. And then he's got a bunch of weird stuff, including The Hills Have Eyes Part 2 and Swamp Thing and like other things. And then it's Nightmare. And then everything kind of hits off. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a run of stuff that nobody knows what to do with. Like, <laughs> I, I've seen uh, The Serpent and the Rainbow. It's kind of an interesting film, but... Uh, Oh boy, is it weird. It's very weird. It's about like uh, the real zombies, you know, like the kind of, that kind of idea. It's got Bill Pullman in it. It's lots of like visions and that's kind of like, like kind of like nightmare, like dreamy kind of, you know. Weird stuff. Weird stuff, yeah, about zombies. Kind of interesting. And then he does Shocker, which I don't like at all, but it's interesting. <laughs> it's about Shocker. a guy who like uh com- like goes through tv and stuff oh it's like a guy's got like he's extra- like being electrocuted yeah hmm. they want to try they try to kill him on an electric chair but instead they give him like extra powers connected to electricity oh, i hate when that happens yeah it's not the best you're but on anyways. death row and then you become a superhero yeah but he's like but- bad like a bad superhero well yeah because he's on death row for a reason yeah he's a terrible guy oh no mm. and it's supposed to be kind of funny that film mm. i guess it kind of is yeah very weird film it was weird uh, I'm sorry I'm talking about this film you I have just, not I just, seen it I just had a bit of a stroke there yeah don't worry about fine. it and then my brain switched back to the film we were talking about yes. and I was like yeah it's a weird film it is a weird film People Under <laughs> Stairs is also a weird film and I feel, mm. think like this is like the period bef- between Nightmare and maybe New Nightmare mm-hmm. which is him kind of getting back into something you know maybe close to like a little bit related I think New Nightmare is like have you seen New Nightmare? mm that's I've only little... seen Nightmare on Elm Street. I've only seen the yeah. first one. Okay. So New Nightmare is the seventh one. There's seven? Yeah. And then a remake. Well. And then there's also Freddy vs. Jason. Jason. Yeah. I feel like I'd prefer the sequels. I, I wasn't crazy on Nightmare. You prefer the like, sequels to Nightmare? I think, I feel like I would. I don't know. Like, I feel, no, I feel, I feel like I'd prefer, I don't know. I don't Just the that. more it delves into the weird, dreamy stuff. I don't know. That's not really what happens in Nightmare. So Nightmare on Elm Street... Uh, no, but there's the one... What is it? Freddy... There's... Mm, I don't know. I just know I wasn't... Just ask me. I, I just, know everything about Freddy. <laughs> no, I just wasn't crazy about the first one. Because mm-hmm. it just wasn't... It, it didn't scare me. 
Okay. And it didn't really, I don't know. There was just like, there were so many stupid things. Like, you know, when, when she's on the phone and the tongue comes out of the phone. Oh, that's great. I love it. And I just, I'm like, well, this isn't, this is neither scary nor like realistic. It just looks stupid. Well, that's about like, you know, that's very clearly a symbol. You know, that's a thing in the film that represents something like Freddy is so sexual and mm. that, you know, later on, especially when they do the remake and stuff like that, they make it like he's sexual because he's, you know, they say, oh, he, he was a, a pedophile. He fucked those kids. That's <gasps> they what say they that do. in later films. They say that, I think, in the remake. I don't think... See, that's the thing is that they I only f- refer to it in the first one. That's why it's better. That's the thing is, I feel like if I watched more of them, I would like them all more. Like, I feel like in order to get the context to like the first one more, I feel like I would want to, like, be fully into the whole... Um, what's the word? Like the narrative. I don't think so because the thing about the the, the Nightmare franchise is uh, it starts off with Nightmare, uh, which is quite... Um, has, it's, it's an artsy film. It's, it has it, sexy Johnny Depp in it. has sexy Johnny Depp, has a bunch of great stuff happening, but it's pretty self-contained. It doesn't need any sort mm. of explanation because like the thing about Freddy in the first one is he's just kind of like a... He doesn't say much. He's just more of a yeah nightmarish kind of figure lingering in the background he's creepy and weird and that's how that's why he's supposed to make you feel unsettled and then as the series goes on uh they kind of do the same thing they did with jason which is they figure out oh people watch those films not for the kids or for anything else they watch it to see the monster yeah freddy so they try to make him into like a superhero kind of thing he's like cool and he says bitch all the time and he there's like oh my god the later films have like sequences on the beach where he kind of walks around with like sunglasses on as He's Jesus. already burnt. I hope he's wearing SPF. Um, I don't know that. We should do another episode where we watch that because... All the seven nightmares? Well, let's not watch all seven all at once. One whole episode. We just yeah. don't sleep for a week. It's fine. We could do like a series um, because I love the Nightmare franchise, even though I think the first one is the best and then the third one is great. We should do one where we watch it so that I can watch it again and maybe I'll like it. Yeah, I feel like that was in the time where I was like... I felt safe with Wes Craven having been that I had watched Scream and I was like, yeah. I really like this and it wasn't too scary, but it was just scary enough. And then I think I watched Nightmare and it didn't scare me enough to feel like <laughs> I, watched, I watched Scream and I felt the right amount of scared and like interested in everything. And then I didn't get the same thing from Nightmare. So I was yeah. disappointed. No, I get that. I get that. Maybe I if think... I watch it after seeing more, I've seen a lot more like scary films yeah. now. So. I think it could work better for you. I think it's a very interesting film, and I like it a lot. And uh, it's one of those films that kind of got me into horror as well, like more like classic horror. Mm. That's kind of what worked for me was was Nightmare. Um, so yeah, we can we can rewatch it at some point. That'd be great. No plan. But uh, I do think it's important, you know, because Wes does only the first Nightmare, and then disappears from the series, and New Line just keeps doing them because they have the rights. And then oh. he only comes back for a new nightmare. And Wes is quite open, or was quite open, because unfortunately he's not with us anymore. Uh, he was quite open about not liking the sequels, like not much of them. Oh, okay. Like he wasn't a big fan. And then New Nightmare is kind of like a joke about this. And New Nightmare is like the proto That's the one that's like meta, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the, the actress is, it happens to the actress. Yes. See, that's like interesting. I yeah. think that's the one I'm talking about I think I'd like. That's an interesting film that's very boring, unfortunately. Oh. At least that's what I think. It's... Uh, it's a great idea and then it's kind of boring and then Scream is when he kind of takes that and makes it into something special masters it yeah okay let's talk about the film but we right actually before, watched for this episode <laughs> right before I, I, like, you know I think like the, one of the very interesting things Wes. about yeah people under stairs is where it comes in Wes's career it's right before New Nightmare and it's kind of this 
the ending of a certain period of his career, I would say. And it's kind of fun to look at it that way. And I haven't seen all of those films that he made between Nightmare on Elm Street and, and New Nightmare. I've seen some of them, not all of them, but this... Oh my god, does it just hits all the right notes for me. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So it is. Good. It's got the the creepy adults, it's got the creepy house, it's mm. got race commentary, it's got gender commentary, it's got creepy children. It's got fucking loads of one liners. It's great. It is um And it's I don't know, it's great. It's got cannibalism. Cannibalism. Uh, it's got a dog. Got it's a got dog. dog murder. Dog murder. That Doesn't dog had a much. Coming. Yeah, that dog. Had Although <laughs> they do use that dog for so many in so many different ways. It's kind of amazing. The dog is scary. He's kind of the monster kind of thing. Uh, he Bit of is a also boy. funny and kind of sweet. Uh, there was this one scene where he goes on the slide. <laughs> yeah, and he's just fun and he just has the voodoo doll in his yeah. mouth. And he's like, what did I do? That is very funny. Sweet dog. That is great. Um, but yeah, this film is so weird. I'm kind of surprised, always surprised that it's not more well-known. Because it fell it seemed, under the cracks a little Yeah, bit. like from what I was reading, it seemed to do really well when it came out. Yeah. But I guess it just hasn't stood the test of time as much as like his other work has done. Yeah, I like think so. Scream and everything. I think it might be like kind of turning around a little bit. Like Arrow put it out on a Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people like it as a cult thing. But I think it also comes down to that thing where... And almost, I suppose, not, it's not really what the film comments on, but it has the elements of it, where it's like, do people prefer watching like horror films and just films in general? Or do they get remembered more when they don't make them think about too much? Like, would a rich white person watch that film and be like, yeah. oh, I'm part of the... You know what I mean? I think. So what you, what you mean is... I don't know. Like, people find it more difficult to watch things that are that are bringing up something that they will have maybe in some way been a part of yeah yeah that's that's possible and like i don't watch this movie to get myself criticized yeah but then you think about and i know this is kind of an out there uh uh comparison but this film references do the right thing and do the right thing is now like this big thing that everybody is like part of film history have you seen do the right thing no it's the spike lee film and uh it comes oh, out yeah. like two years before people under the stairs and people under the stairs is Hundred percent, like at least partly inspired by by Spike and what he's doing there. Mm-hmm. They play a song which says "Do the Right Thing" yeah, yeah. at the end, and um, and "Do the Right Thing" is also like very clear in its political message. Like that's what the whole film is. It's just a very like you know fuck you kind of thing about how people of, of different races are, are treated in America, and uh, it's stood the test of time so well. You know, yeah. so maybe it's just that the people under the stairs is a horror film. That's what I mean. That. I think it's like it's that kind of thing of like horror i feel like horror is very much and we talked about this i think last week uh-huh. or the week before i don't know um we talk about the exorcist we being talked, like white yeah it's like i think horror is this very white genre it is yeah mostly white uh which is not good but it's changing no. thankfully, yeah exactly but well, yeah. that's and it's like it's cool to see older films that already had that and it's why we love wes craven so much he's a great boy uh he did his part i think he was trying mm-hmm. you know and he is i mean it's amazing to listen to wes craven you watch the featurette right mm-hmm. oh he's such a i miss him amazing man very uh, eloquent very nice i'd give back um jim carrey if we could get wes craven oh my god don't be <laughs> showing this scenario to me i don't know what to do <laughs> who would you choose let's oh my god Harry. don't say that oh no Click. five seconds oh no five no don't four three two one 
I can't just choose one, but I can talk about it. No. Um, they're both great artists. Uh, Wes Craven, <laughs> I think, probably a better man than Jim Carrey. Yeah, okay, say. chosen. Mache hates Jim Carrey, confirmed. Stop the presses. I can't believe you're um, embarrassing me on, <laughs> on our podcast. Jim Carrey listens and he's like, fuck you, Mache. I'm sorry, Jim. Jesus. <laughs> he's, Jim's a big friend of the podcast. Um, he is. Thank you, Jim, for all you do. He's not now. Um, he's going to be in the future. You'll see. <laughs> Want me to do an episode on Bruce Almighty? For some reason. <laughs> the greatest horror film of all time. <laughs> so scary. Um, this well, there's scary. nothing scary than religion. Look, what? There, no, wait, no, do that again. Nothing scary than religion. <laughs> I speak the English. No, well, you're not a Polish boy, so there's you nothing. Have no how do you excuse. know? I'm not. Um, <laughs> I. What I was trying to say. Mache made a very strong gin, I would just like to say. I did. I'm um, sorry about that. <laughs> but it's not sticking to the coaster, and that's good. The coaster says reserved for gin, and the gin is on it. You still have to put I it down a little it. bit quieter, because that was a... Oh, Jesus, this is like a very big spike. Good. Spike Lee? Anyway, um, there's nothing scarier than religion, is what I was trying to yes. say. The, the bit's gone, the bit's over. Mm. Anyway. But you know that what's scarier than Bruce Almighty? Evan Almighty. There you go. <laughs> it's the second time we mentioned Evan Almighty on this podcast. There's nothing You're welcome. scarier than the new, the Old Testament. That is true. It's a very scary uh, mm. piece of writing. It's frightening. Very scarier scary. than um, Frankenstein. Dracula. The only. That's what we went for, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Jesus. Back to business. Why? Um, <laughs> we've been just talking for like half an hour. I haven't not talked about the people under the stairs no. yet. <laughs> well, it's because I didn't watch it. Oh. All these notes just um, say nothing. Makes sense. Um. Anyway. Okay. okay. So, fuck. What were we talking about? The film starts. The film. No. What? You wanted to say oh, something yeah. else about Wes? Yeah. No, that was it. I was going to say something, but it was about the end of the film, so maybe we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it later. Let's end. go from the start. There's yeah. a lot of things happening in this yes, film. Yes, 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 yes. It is a cluttered film. Uh, and it has meaning, which I like. Yeah. It, it, it's very uh, obvious. Like, it's very... It's not subtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it hits you over the head, kind of, with what it's trying to do, and it's fine. It's great. That's what horror films are for, you know? That's what I think that, you know, horror films are for. It doesn't have to be subtle. You can go for it as long as it's fun, as it's, you know, over the top. That's all great. But let's talk about the start of the film, because the film starts off and sets everything up, like, in, like, two minutes, three Mm -hmm. minutes. Oh, yeah. It's, like, compared to Twilight. Which is just moment, moment by moment, action, excitement, sexual tension. (sighs) (laughs) But you start watching this film, and like, the the tone of this is so complicated of the mm. people under stairs. It's like, it's a fairy tale kind of. Uh, yeah. It's a story about a boy who kind of goes on a journey, and it's very like old school kind of adventure film in that way. Uh, and then it has very gruesome violence, and then it has lots of comedy, mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the comedy is also not like adventure film comedy. It's kind of like. Uh, kind of nasty even a little bit nasty kind of you know um, like I, I don't know like the 90s comedies didn't start yet but it's very um, um, what's the other word for nasty what am I looking for it's like this kind of comedy that's you know it's um, not like crude yeah crude oh that's a great one it's, it's got a, quite a bit of crude comedy in it mm. uh, but I think it's like it's subtle enough that it doesn't come across like as a parody oh no you know I think no. it's it's it does a really good job of balancing being scary while also having that little hint mm-hmm. of like 
jokes and kind of it's like super sure. it's like a it's kind of satire yeah definitely it's very uh, very much satire and it has all those things and it has to tell you at the start that this is what it's doing mm-hmm. and the first few scenes are uh, the tarot cards mm-hmm. uh, the reading so that gives you the whole like fairy tale vibe mm-hmm. and then has the cuts to uh, <laughs> the, the cut to the house yeah where, which is I think a crack house uh, what do you mean a crack house a crack house where it's, people to crack yeah um, it's yeah it's a place where I, I get I mean I have not been to one um, me neither <laughs> there's always time um, yeah, I think it's like it's. I mean, you get that kind of. Ca- <laughs> we really cannot speak today. That's very get, strong, Jen. I'm sorry. It's fine. Um, you get this kind of. It's like a crack house brothel vibe. The apartment block and the way they build it. I think I have some. And notes it's in Los it. Angeles, uh, which is, is interesting. It? It's it's set in Los Angeles. Okay. I don't know why I thought that was interesting. Why? I feel like it's okay. the kind of film that they like to set in New York. Well, but like poor family living in an apartment in New York in the Bronx. See, um, I think probably a lot of this film that we don't get now, or like I don't get maybe, is that it's very clearly a film of its time. Like it's like you know it's yeah. very specific in terms of what it's trying to do and what it's trying to portray. So I think like without the context of maybe being American and kind of living in that time, there is something that is a little bit lost on me. Not everything, but you know a little bit of the yeah. musical stuff maybe. Uh, you can get it's that thing of like you can get the concept you know the yeah. concept is rich white people have all the money everyone else suffering exactly that's the world yeah um, as a whole it's fair enough um but yeah the way they create that environment is nearly is it's nearing parody i would say because mm. the, the 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 scene where uh fool comes up the stairs and everybody's kind of sitting there because they don't have uh you know, houses or anything else and they, they all live there, I guess, and take crack and stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he goes up the stairs, and right next to his apartment, there are like two vicious dogs fighting <laughs> right there. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's a bit much movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of gives you that idea of, okay, this is going to be a bit over the top to kind of, you know, prove a point. Yeah, it's setting it up. Yeah. Which, which it, does, it does a good job of it. Because, mm. uh, I mean, it's not, that's not the they don't that's not the world of the film you know the world of the film is the house it's mommy and daddy's house yes that is their names uh mommy and daddy mommy and daddy mommy and daddy they the, do not have their names uh mommy and daddy were actually brother and sister who are also from twin, twin peaks, peaks. Mm-hmm. that's why they were cast in it uh yeah makes sense you know uh makes sense i haven't watched all of twin peaks i've seen uh, season one i've watched uh one episode that's uh, just like a random episode from like the no middle. the first one I had to watch oh. for college watch the, the first, first episode, episode is amazing isn't it mm-hmm, it's oh good. my god it's so it's good, good. Uh, the whole first season is great uh, haven't watched more but uh, anyways it has this kind of like it's I wouldn't say it's a very surrealist film but it's mm. so satirical and kind of out there that it starts getting this kind of lynching vibe of just like stuff is happening and you're like oh my god it's so random and weird yeah so they fit very well and they're both amazing in yeah. this film it works it's so good they're so good mm-hmm. um and the guy has that good kind of the man i don't remember his name but which one the, just daddy daddy yeah no but i don't know his name in real life it's like oh, maybe I it's elliot check. uh his name is everett elliot reeves I will those tell are the you. names coming to me uh great you can keep guessing and give um, me two more seconds and i'll check his name is uh, Everett McGill. Okay, honestly, I was a bit close. 
Do you know he has... I don't know, like, Letterboxd mentions his name. He is... His character name is Man slash Dad slash Eldon Robinson. Oh, actually, they do have names. They're the the Robies slash Robinson. Yeah. Well, Mommy and Daddy. Anyway. Mommy and Daddy, um, I would So, say. Daddy... Where's mommy? He, he kind of looks like... <gasps> actually, no, sorry, wait. We'll get there in a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has that kind of lurch vibe. He looks kind oh, of like, like Lurch. But he's a lot more uh, slimy. Like oh, Lurch yeah. is kind of like He's kind of like Lurch slash um, creepy... What's his name? Creepy creepy thing guy from Charlie's Angels. Is that what he's called? Crispin Glover's character? Oh, I don't know. Is Sorry. It creepy thi- Megan. 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 By the way, we have a guest on Megan. our podcast. It's Megan. And um, <laughs> in, um, we've sworn her that she's not allowed to move or do anything. And now um, we break She was it. having fun, but it was too noisy, so we made her stop. Um... <laughs> um, the in Chinese angels is creep, creep, Chris and Glover. Chris and is he creepy thin guy? Um, creepy thin man. Creepy thin man. Yeah. Okay, go back to your cage. Okay. Thank you. Uh, um, so Chris, <laughs> Crispin Glover plays creepy thin man. Um, and he's got um, not he he looks like Crispin Glover, but his hair is like really greased back. He like that's very scary, he cuts right hair off. He sniffs it. Mm. Um. So he, it's kind of like a mixture of creepy thin guy, creepy thin man, and Lurch. He kind of looks like the two of them together because he's got a very interesting bone structure. You know who he reminds me of? Uh, you probably will not know that reference. Um, have you seen a film um, called Human Traffic? No. It's, um, it's a film about the ecstasy boom in the 90s. Oh. There's one particular scene which is about one of the characters, uh, a girl is working at a fast food restaurant. And her manager has the hots for her. Like, he wants to have sex with her. And there's just one very quick scene where she's at the... Uh, working at the place. And he tries to get to her. And it's being told from a subjective perspective of... Uh, someone else who's like... This guy was, like, dripping with cum. And you see it in the <laughs> film as he's, like, all wet. And kind of going up to her. And you're like... <sighs> um, that's kind of who he reminds me of a little bit. Because it's more wet, you know? I, I want to say that Everett is quite wet mm, yeah and he also wears bdsm clothes true which i think watching this film really reminded me of i think that ryan murphy for sure took lots of this for american horror story you think so oh yeah because oh, there's yeah. they often have there's a character who it's evan peter's character in murder house i think um mm-hmm. but he also reappears in at least apocalypse um and he's wearing it's very it's the same kind of full body like mm-hmm. bdsm outfit leather yeah. daddy thing gotcha. um but it's just more it's more like pvc than leather which is like the plasticky mm-hmm, material mm-hmm. but it's the same kind of thing it's the same idea like, yeah the vibe yeah the same vibe um but in american horror story they've also got again in murder house um which is i think the first season um there's like a kind of deformed child who lives in the basement and like kind of crawls and attacks but it's not it's not like meant to be he's kind of it seems like he's attacking but it's really that he's just like wants to play and he's also like a mutant okay um but it's it's that same kind of vibe where he's like made live in the basement so it's that like weird creepy children living in the basement so there's a few things that i was like i think that ryan murphy watched this and was like yoink nice which is pretty much what he does which is why i like american horror story so Um, much i am not a big fan of it i watched a few episodes and i was like i don't know if i get it it's it's okay but But you see i love glee yeah which was made by ryan yeah i know that and american horror story is just spooky glee okay so that's why i love it so much i have no relationship to glee 
Okay, well, there you go. that's what I got. <laughs> I have not much to say about American Horror Story, except that I do remember somebody in like this kind of gimp suit uh, mm-hmm. going around there. So, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. And it's fine. I think you should, if you're making a film, uh, a series called American Horror Story, mm. sure, you know. It's a homage. Take your liberties For and, sure. you know, um, steal all you can. Yeah. But yeah, they're super interesting characters, the mommy and daddy. Yeah, and mommy is more... I mean, it's this. it's the classic thing of like, it's pretty much what always happens in horror where it's like the mom, the mommy, the mommy, the lady. Yeah. It's always a mother. The yes. mother figure is the, the the evil one. And while the, the, the father figure is also evil, the father figure is doing the mother figure's deeds. Yeah, because, well... In, in that way, film, in a, like, eatable way of, like, you're my yeah. son, you're doing what I'm telling you to do. Yeah, there's definitely this. But there's also the thing of, like, she's just seems more intelligent it's not like they're both oh, quite sure. stupid she's a woman of course she's more intelligent sure <laughs> I, i'll take it but like the thing <laughs> is um they are both like they're not trying to make them into those like you know masters of disguise or like they're very good at what they're doing kind of thing oh yeah they're kind of messy they're kind of sloppy they're messy and sloppy and kind of stupid both of them really uh-huh. like mommy takes like does the decision like makes most of the decisions i would say and like kind of daddy kind of tries to go by what she wants to do and then tries to get away with as much kind of random acts of violence and mm-hmm. uh, pedophilia as he can uh-huh touches pp uh yes oh, i love this uh, this film <laughs> has two instances of men touching their penises the first one is when full pretends he needs to pee he goes up that's the start of film okay so the film starts we got full should we explain the story maybe not yeah maybe we we... (laughs) i think people are gonna listen to this if people are gonna listen to this a lot of people have not seen people under the stairs yeah i mean i had a comment from um from bevan lovely lady because now we have an instagram (laughs) we've got lots of followers who are in fact my friends (laughs) and also my mother (laughs) Um, good for her yeah but but yeah no Thank Bevan you, com- shout out to mama uh, um, Bevan left a comment saying she was like I really don't like horror movies or scary movies but I wanna like she was like can you just tell me what happens to them and I was like that's what we do and we like, 100% did not do that in the first no instance. but but as in you can listen to I think you can listen to the podcast without having seen the film if you don't yeah. want if you don't care about spoilers yeah. if you're like I'm not gonna watch this film especially if you don't like horror films Definitely. we're not going into super detail yeah, I think we're, um, I mean, if you're here for the conversation, that's great. You know, that's kind of what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. But maybe with people under stairs, maybe we can give a bit of context on what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe that's going to help. Yeah, because it's less well known. I think the things yeah. like The Exorcist and stuff, it's like everyone knows what that's about. Yeah, the girl's possessed by Satan. Uh-huh. And she's a horse girl. And let the right one in is a vampire. Uh-huh. Sexy vampires. And no, they're not sexy. <laughs> not very sexy. No, they no. are, in fact, She's 12 years children. old, Abby. Please, be careful what you say, because they're going to find <sighs> us and take us down. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> cut that shit. Yeah, anyway. So. The people under the stairs. People under the stairs. Full. Fool is a little boy. His name is Poindexter. I did not know that was a real name. Uh, I thought that was an insult. It's they call a, it's him Dexter, name. kind of. But his name, his full name's Poindexter. True. I didn't know that was a name. I Apparently, it's a name. Either. Yeah. I like I've heard it used before, but in like a way of like calling someone a nerd. Apparently, oh. it is in fact a name. Real name, Poindexter. There so that's go. his name. But his sister Ruby is super into tarot cards. True. So she, I guess, does the tarot cards on him 
it says he's a fool, so she calls him fool. Yes, but it's a different kind of fool. It's not like a fool like somebody stupid or naive. Yeah. It's a fool because he's a guy who just starts on this journey and is, you know, just starting out. He's going to go somewhere and then maybe at the end he's not going to be a fool. Uh, uh-huh. Which kind of this is like literally the beginning of the film, which kind of gives you an idea of what this yeah, is. Yeah, the first to be. frame yeah. is is tarot cards, yeah. um, and so in this first <laughs> halfway through the podcast, we're telling you what the movie's about. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so perfect. halfway, fuck. Um, so it starts off the tarot's done. Then they're in this like kind of like really beaten down apartment, apparently in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and Fool uh, is there with his, like, it seems like all of his extended family lives there almost, maybe. Yeah, There's a lot of people there. I'm not sure. Like, you don't that, see that much at the beginning. That I guess guy, his grandfather is here. What's the guy's name again? I don't know. I just call him Wing Grimes because that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> that is his name really. is Leroy. His name Leroy. is Leroy. Leroy. So Leroy, I don't think, I think Leroy's a stranger. Leroy Leroy's is like his mom's Ruby's, I, I, that's how him? I got it. Like he's having sex with the sister. I don't know. I think Ruby's a, a prostitute. Because uh, he, okay. says, he says, he um, says, he says, he says that she's turning tricks, which is prostitution. Oh, okay. She's, just, she's that. turning tricks on the street or something, which is oh prostitution. So I think that Leroy might be her pimp. Maybe. Well, uh, Leroy has many things. Either he way, does. Leroy is introduced to Fool. So it True. very much is like he's a new person yes. in the house, in the apartment. Yes. Um. And his, uh, let's mom, also say, yes. Yeah, his mom. mom is sick. We find out she's got cancer. Cancer. Um, so she's sick. She's in bed. Um, and the landlord, which is... The landlord, learn. The landlord is um, the the Robeson family. Yeah. Which is mommy and daddy. She's mommy and um, daddy. And, and they, essentially, they're the last family left. It's almost like this is 2019 Dublin. They're the last family in this apartment block. Yep. <laughs> um, they are... Is it three weeks or three days? I think they're like three days late on their yeah. rent. So they're going to be evicted unless they can pay three times it, I think. Which is like crazy by anybody's standard. But yeah. I can believe it. Yeah. So that's basically the rules is they get evicted because they can't pay three times the rent and they're late. Yeah. Um, so they're being evicted. Mom's got cancer. Um, Fool's a little baba. Sister's a prostitute. Fool wants to be a doctor. And then Leroy's nice. like, well, there's this place. The people who own this building we're trying to kick us out because we're the last people here yeah. um they have lots of gold coins mm. and if we go there we steal the coins we be rich yeah and Lee and um fool's like but i want to be a doctor or no ruby's like he wants to be a doctor yeah and fool's just like not saying nothing yeah or if he says something i don't remember he's a child he's like yeah he's like what 13, 12, probably, 13 yeah something like that and um, he, his mama has cancer and he like wants to help uh there's this whole thing of like full feeling like she she tells him at the beginning of the film you're now the man of the house yeah nobody else is here and he feels responsible and he wants to do something and he yeah. can't do anything because he's a 13 year old boy yeah it's kind of the sort of the sort of classic not classic but like that story of like the it's like a poverty-stricken black family in the 90s yeah. in los angeles um where there's no father figure now the mother's sick and it's the you know the son the sister is turned to you know illegal yeah. things um prostitution it seems well, um but the brother the, the son the youngest child one of the children wants more for him and more for his family so he wants to be a doctor but circumstantially in order to try and like you know the basically the world and the systems against yeah, him it's not possible yeah. so he gets pulled into trying to steal these coins with um leroy 
and Spencer, who I don't really know where Spencer comes from. Spencer is just like a weird white guy. Just a white guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, "Mm, okay. Hello, Spencer. Um, (laughs) But I mean, the thing is, is that I think it's that thing of like, wait, wait, let me frame it further. Okay. So they use, they try and use fool. They get him to dress up as like a, I guess a scout. Yeah. So Um, what happens is they, they're like, uh, they take him on like a scouting mission mm -hmm. of being like, okay, this is the house. We're going to see how it looks like. And, like, kind of figure out a way to go in. But they make him dress up as, like, a Boy Scout. Yeah, and they make him dress up as a Boy Scout to kind of have a look around. Yeah. So he goes to the door. The plan is pretend to sell cookies. Mommy will probably say no. Then say, I need a piss. (laughs) Which is, again, this is, I think, this is the third episode, third instance of a child pissing in a horror film. He doesn't actually piss. No, but, you know, it's the... (laughs) He's like, I need a piss. He's like, they don't let us take a leak. Well, we do. Um, <laughs> he does like, it in a very, very convincing way. Yeah, so he's he's like, can I... He basically asks if he can go to the toilet, and she's like, no. But it's, you know, he's like this black child. The, apparently the neighborhood, the dynamic, I guess, or the demographic is changing. Yes. So she's like, nah. And then Spencer's like, I'll do it. Spencer dresses up as like a gas network man. Comes as like, I need to check your meter. Um, and she lets him in, and it's that thing of like... She, she's... Not uh, needless to say, mommy and daddy are white. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, mommy and daddy are white. Are white. Um, Very white. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Southern America white. Incest white, one might say. Yes. Um, they are inbred. Anyway. Um, so Correct. yeah. <laughs> so, but they yeah. So they let the white man in because they're like, yeah, we can trust you. You're at least white. They don't say that, but it's that kind of you know. The film at the time right, is trying right. to make you think that, which is not actually why they let him in, but okay. Well, they let him in because he has, like, ID, but it's, you know, it's that kind of, the discrepancy, or not the discrepancy, but it's the thing of, like, they won't trust a child. If I was a white child, probably would have trusted him. I, uh, yes, that's kind of, like, the concept that's being, I think, shown to you while you're watching the film. Mm-hmm. Later on, you find out that they invite Spencer in because they want to eat him. Or, like, use him for food. Oh. Which <laughs> I think is why, actually, they use Spencer yeah. and not the little black boy. Who is mm. quite small. Maybe Spencer they're not racist bigger. and they're just cannibals. No, I'm, they're, they're very both. racist. <laughs> <laughs> the film makes okay. it very clear that they're racist. Yes, okay. Anyway, uh, so yeah. They invite Spencer in. Then Leroy's like, Spencer's trying to get all the coins for himself. Yeah. Um, so Spencer... Uh, and then the mommy and daddy leave. For something, yeah. Yeah, they leave. But I guess they've left Spencer, as I guess we learn in the future, to be eaten by the boys downstairs yes um the people under the stairs so yeah so they go into the house they go into the gaff pretty much and that's when shit hits the fan yeah. and stuff happens. shit goes down it's kind of funny I, I love how this film builds it up because the film starts off and it's like exposition this is what's gonna happen they're gonna they're kind of trying to get easy into like the idea of this world and how they mm-hmm. want to get out of the situation and then they're like okay we're going on a scouting mission we'll see what's going on and then it's like nope yeah, no, they kind of, right in. Yeah, they go kind of with the intention of like they're. I think the word is. This is me proof. <laughs> what are me, you doing? <laughs> this is this is. Um, I think feel like this might be proof of like my um, where I grew up. Uh, I think I believe it's called oh, yeah. casing the house. Oh. Um, tell me more. <laughs> I, I believe that's the term when you're checking to see how easy it is to rob. When they're not there, what the weak points are, what the blind spots are, where they've got alarms, where they've got different precautions to stop burglary. Mm-hmm. I believe it's called casing the house. Have you ever cased a house? 
it's classified. Um, <laughs> no, I have not cased a I'll house. I'll censor it. I'll it <laughs> I have not cased a house. I'm not a thief. Okay. Um, okay. No problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they case the house. They're trying to find out. So yeah, it's the intention of like, they're not going there to rob it. Yes. They're going there to check. Check it out. The best way to rob it. Yes. Um, and they get trapped. Because it's a very like high tech house. It is very high tech for, especially mm-hmm. for the beginning of the nineties. But it's flawed. It's almost like Elon Musk made it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write down that bit? No. Well, that's a good one. I like it. Um, it's a very weird house, and like the way this film's logic works, it's not really about you know. It's not about how the house works. It doesn't really oh, yeah. matter. No, it's not. Uh, it's kind of a little bit fantasy land. It's not But not too fantasy logical. land that it's like, it's not out of the realms of possibility. I feel like maybe in the 90s it would have been. Yeah. Now I watch it and I'm like, yeah, that could, you could set that up. Kind, yeah, no, you could set that up. But the way it works actually doesn't make much sense, I'd say. Like, you know, the way the uh, they have this basement set up. Because you get into the house, Full gets into the house, starts looking around. And turns out there are people in the basement and they're living <laughs> behind bars and living off meat. human flesh. Eat, eating, living off human flesh. But also, what's interesting is, or not what's interesting, it's kind of like, it's kind of home alone. Very much you so. You know, you've got yeah. the electric, you've got the light bulb or the um, doorknob that like electrocutes you if yeah. you touch it. You've got um, a stairs that turns into a slide. Yeah, they have all those traps and those traps don't make much sense in the general. The like, bandits are shook. It makes it makes sense that the house is like locked up because they don't want the people under the stairs or in the basement to get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them gets behind the walls, and also behind the walls, there's like a complicated maze of uh, corridors that mm-hmm. kind of go from room to room. The way this house is built and uh, kind of represented makes no sense at all because it's like there are levels of it. You go up, you go down. It's kind of hard to kind of... The geography of the house is confusing. Yeah. it's And it doesn't matter because like the film is like, you know, it doesn't really... It doesn't matter where you are in the house. The house is just this maze yeah. kind of thing. Well, I think it's also that thing of like, they're so in, like comparatively rich to like, you know, Fool's house. The geography of yeah. Fool's home is it's this what it's like a studio there's maybe one door which is yeah. where his mom is yeah mom is uh, his room. mom's in the bedroom yeah. and then there's like just this big room maybe a little small kitchen but it's like yeah. one floor yeah maybe three rooms yeah whereas the geography of their house they're like so incredibly wealthy yes they've just got countless rooms there's so many different places yeah. you would never see them all because mm-hmm. they're just so what's the word they're just so rich they're just so they're so rich yeah for um, no reason we never exactly. find out what they do they owned a funeral home. Their, their family had a funeral home. I feel like maybe that's supposed to be it. Yeah, that's something about it. But, but I think it's also the amount of people they kill. They just take their money. I don't know. They're not killed. I'm like, not sure what they do. They just now. have lots of money. Yeah, they just have lots yeah. of money. Um, and you get it. Yeah, but it's a also lot of people, but it's also that thing of like a lot. Yeah, a lot of white, white people people just have money. Yeah. Um, but not us. Yeah, not us. We're um, incredibly. <laughs> 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 we know we don't do that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like, oh, this is just a Papa? bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I have to keep that in. Um, <laughs> um, no, but they've got it's, but they also the set they had. So like, there's one really super like decrepit corridor, and then yes. they've got like a really nice corridor. So it's like, and that's what Wes Craven says in the featurette. It's like you know you've got the. The bit that's for show, and then you've yeah. got the bit that's like 
the real kind of house essentially so it's like yeah. you know they've got the family for show and then they've got what the family's really like yeah, it's actually, that kind yeah. of mm-hmm. yeah. comparison but there was just one set so they had the really nice one yeah and then they kind of just destroyed the really nice corridor and then filmed all the bits with the destroyed one yeah makes sense yeah yeah. Also, because like there are parts of the film where Daddy goes around the house with a shotgun and like literally shoots his house. Yeah, just shoots the house. <laughs> just, which is hilarious. Doesn't care. No reason. But um, yeah, he's trying to kill Roach. So basically, we have not. We, we did not. We still have it. not described the film. Well, we started. We started well. You take we, over. We did the. Uh, we did the start. So, what happens is, uh, Full and uh, Leroy get into the house, and they're like. Okay, I guess uh, we're trapped here now. They're trying to look for Spencer, who's disappeared. And um, what basically happens is a dog attacks them. and then The a dog's bunch name of... is Prince? Yes, Prince. A bunch of shenanigans happen. Um, and then it turns out that mommy and daddy come back. We find out about the people under the stairs who eat people. <laughs> and then this whole kind of dynamic of this house kind of starts um, uh, building up. And you yeah. start to figure out what's actually going on. So what's going on is... Mommy and daddy. Let's well, kind of well, complicate what's going we find, on. You see, we find out that the the boys, so all the people, we find out later that all the people under the stairs are like quote marks, are boys, boys yeah. men, lads. Um, but we find out they're eating people because Fool goes there and he finds Spencer there. Yes. And Spencer, number one, it seems like he's aged quite a bit. No, he's just very white. Okay, see, but why is he so white? What's happened? Well, they say that is he died. Dust? They say he that died out, when of, you die. out of fear. But I don't, I don't think that happens. I'm not well, sure what they do to the Spencer. Either way, his hair explained. has somehow gone white. Yes. Uh, it was brown before. Um, but we find out because um, we see his hand has been like chewed on. And the kind yes. of idea is that someone was trying to pull him under and then we yeah. see his like fool stops them. And we see his hand's been chewed a bit. Yeah. So the people who are eating him yeah. because they and, eat humans, humans. Um, and then uh, long pork as they call it <laughs> that's what human meat's called okay that's great no that's awesome um, uh, anyways but yeah so then fool I guess walks through the house the, like the back of the house and he comes he arrives into wait no we should frame Alice go back <laughs> it's hard to explain this film because this film starts off with pretty normal exposition and mm-hmm. then Without it's letting you, yeah. Without letting you know, it delves right into the action, mm-hmm. and then everything that happens is very hectic, very yeah. fast, and you kind of have to go along with it. And it's not hard to follow per se. Oh no! But there are things that are not explained, or maybe don't matter as much. Uh, and then when you try to explain the film, you try yeah. to kind of. We're find not shown too there. much. We're shown the right amount of stuff. It's just it's sometimes a bit disjointed, but mm-hmm. not so disjointed that it, you can't understand yeah. what's going on. But basically. Yeah you discover so if there's the kind of the un- the introduction to mommy and daddy is that mommy's sewing maybe i think she's sewing and there's a girl just standing in the corner who you guess is their child yes. and then you've got daddy sitting at the fire just eating this big i, guess, I think it's ribs or it's lamb i don't know he's eating some meat well he's eating a human. it's actually yeah actually no, yeah wait he's eating a <laughs> this human thing where you look back and you're like wait yeah. yeah that's what it was that was a rib cage yeah they show you um, daddy eating human meat <laughs> But within it, the first five minutes of the film. Yeah. But you I just th- don't know about it. Yeah, you don't know about it. You think it's like ribs or something. Yeah. Which it probably was, just human ribs. Um, <laughs> How much should um, I put into this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Mine God. We have a full day to go on. This is very early. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, so he's eating that. And then 
the mom wait let me look at my freaking notes um so they get right opposite situation rich eating meat warm fires oh yeah and then the- <laughs> those were the actual notes That's and great. then the girl who we learned her name is alice alice says um and alice i feel like is that name that's like the symbol of like purity for some reason in my brain alice is that really like super innocent name well because alice in wonderland i guess it's very much uh, alice in wonderland and it's also like you know alice is such an interesting character you get introduced to her uh in the first like five minutes of the film but then sorry i just put down my phone that was very loud i'm sorry that's okay i i um, so Alice is this kind of character. <laughs> Alice is this sort of yeah. The, the way she gets introduced, she's standing in that room, yeah. which is super dimly lit, just by the fire. She Alice says something. I don't remember what it is. And then Nothing mommy, important. mom, she's a woman, so it wasn't important. Um, and then <laughs> mommy says, "Speak when spoken to. That's what good girls do." Yep. Um, and that's essentially that's our introduction to Alice. So yes. you know you've got oh these are maybe strict parents um is that initial thing of you know maybe this is what it is but then when we get reintroduced to alice alice is like oh she's sitting super straight up at a little table she's got an empty plate in front of her she's wearing like a white kind of slip dress very like reminiscent of like edwardian times i think yeah um and her mom comes in mommy comes in taking the plate and it's amazing it's an amazing scene yeah it's just like you know, she... What did she say? Wait, let me read the fucking notes. <laughs> the thing is, she brings... Uh, she, she uh, Mommy comes in to take the plate because she was eating dinner. And um, it turns out there's no fork. Uh, yeah, she's basically... You, you get the kind of immediate thing of like, oh, there's a really weird dynamic here. Yeah. This girl's kind of being tortured. Yes. In some way, you know. So she's... Yeah. They're trying to make her in this perfect child. Yes. And then there's the whole, where's the fork? And she's like, fork? What fork? She also asks her if she licked the plate. Um, and then important information yeah she asks she asks where the fork is then there's a thing I've written spooky pale hand spooky pale hand pops out and basically gives Alice the fork yes and then Alice is like here's the fork and then the mom just super casually is like you've been feeding that thing in the walls again yeah as one does Um, and then there's also behind so when the mom is I guess lambasting Alice um she, there's a little crocheted sign behind her that says children should be seen not heard so yeah. there's all these little hints of like yeah they want this they're basically trying to create this perfect family and then if that's not enough for you then the how the scene ends is by uh implying that alice gets beaten yeah she's like she says to daddy she's like she's been feeding that thing and then you know essentially i guess maybe tells him tells him in some way to teach her a lesson yeah and says be sure not to bruise her face yes that's actually one of the most amazing like this film can have a scene like this which is kind of weird and kind of surreal and kind of a little bit funny in in terms of like oh that pan comes out of the wall it's weird and then it goes straight into that very um uh upsetting uh notion that oh she's really being abused in Mm -hmm. a very real way yeah yeah you don't see it but and it immediately tells us that the villain is not the people under the stairs it's not the spooky pale hand the spooky pale hand's helping her yeah it's the parents the quote-unquote parents are the villains which is um i think it's you know even though nightmare is you know has a villain and has freddy and stuff like that it's a very west craven thing that what actually is the villain is either the system society the society 
you know, something human, something yeah. that we created is exactly. always the problem. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, <laughs> wait, I just realized my notes. I haven't been referring to my notes. Uh, um, yeah, me neither, because we, there's we so much to say. It. It's an so excellent much, film. Yeah, that's great. Um, but now, I'm so happy you like it. I really way. liked it. I was kind of afraid that maybe. It's I was afraid I'd hate it as well because yeah. you always give terrible suggestions. <laughs> well, do you think so? <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. Um, <sighs> no, it's sad. not a joke. It's not a joke. It is a joke. Wait. I hate John Waters. <laughs> You've never watched anything by John Waters. I've literally like... watched Crybaby and Hairspray, and I hate Divine. I don't like her. What? Okay, she's an important. No, she's an important queer icon, but I just don't fucking like her. Why? What's the? Why does she eat poo poo? What you haven't seen Pink Flamingos? I know, but she ate poo poo. Well, we haven't seen the. I've seen RuPaul's Drag Race. They recreate the movies. I don't like it. They eat poo poo. Yeah, there's a scene and they sing a song and it's like, don't play with poo poo. That's not what happens in Pink Flamingos. But they recreate it. They all dress up as divine. Everybody fucking keeps talking about how Divine eats poo-poo in, in Pink Flamingos. That's literally the last shot of the film. I know, but she's still doing Nothing it. Nothing else happens. Cut this out. People are going to cancel me. I'm totally good. I just yeah, don't because like you Div- don't like Divine. I don't... <sighs> she was one of no, the most amazing No, I understand. She's super important. Super, super important. No, that's not what iconic. I'm saying. No, I know, but she's like super important and iconic. I just don't... I don't want to watch them things. Uh, what about Divine and Hairspray? Did you not like Divine? No, Divine's good in Hairspray. But because that's because she's, she's like reined in. Well, because it's, <laughs> it's not about her. She's not the focus of it. She is okay. Yeah, that's kind of true. She you is know, the Edna focus. You know, Edna Turnblad is like iconic character. But you haven't seen a film where she is the focus of it. Yeah, I don't want to. You should, really should. I think you should. Okay, fine. You should try like uh, polyester or female trouble because she's a very good actress. She's so good, uh, and he's also good at playing a man. Uh, well, yeah, he plays, he plays a man in Hairspray, Hairspray as well. As well. Yeah. He plays it's... one of the judges for the the competition thing. Miss Corny Collins' lady. No, he plays the the, 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 the fucking... Uh... He plays someone from the TV network. No, he plays the guy who's the director of the school. He's the headmaster of the school. Sorry, headmaster. He There's the a head school ma- in that movie? Yes, that's where the kids go to. It's a film about kids. No, they don't. They just go to freaking dancing. Fuck. Anyway, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Divine so, is wonderful. I, I'm so sorry she left us. She anyway, left us, whatever. Anyway. They prefer. So, <laughs> so, Fool, when pretending to be a Boy Scout. <laughs> Are we going back to this? We're so I much found, further up. I ran this quote. Fool says. <laughs> <laughs> I can't Fool, believe we're doing this. Fool says, I know it's a bother. <laughs> he says, I know it's a bother, but so is cerebral palsy. <laughs> <laughs> well this film is full of lines oh, like that sorry can we talk really need about, to say that uh, since we're doing this can we talk about the time when Leroy says in the car they're going somewhere and <laughs> they're talking about something and he says oh it's about as likely as if the president president makes me the secretary of pussy <laughs> don't remember that <laughs> what does that even mean it means it would be you know He's the expert on pussy, I guess. Mm. Obviously, he would not get that. He loves pussy. Mm. Who would get the... The position? Mm. I'm getting a sweet. Well, not John Waters. No, definitely not. No, no. He's a homosexual. He is. Not not a pussy guy. Um, so, wait, where were we? You were talking about... <laughs> we were talking about the wine liners in the film. 
Oh yeah, no, I just really wanted to revisit that line because I wasn't paying attention to my notes. There's so many great lines. That's great. I love when uh, Daddy screams, uh, "Gotcha!" into the wall. Daddy gets so excited when he um, shoots the wall. He just loves every like <gasps> he loves his shotgun. What? No. <laughs> no, because Wes, stop typing. Wes says um, he's like not everything is phallic, but also like everything is phallic. Wes. Um, but he's got the shotgun and he gets really excited whenever he shoots it penis yes very um, much so it, it is a that, that, that's another thing about Wes Craven his, all his films are sexual I would say mm-hmm, uh, sure. yeah sex Nightmare, is very, very important so. to horror yeah sex is very, but his films are different in terms of how they approach sex mm, I think for sure Especially, uh, this it's one, a, like you're in a deranged view of it definitely and this one has a very specific feeling like purposefully deranged not that Wes is deranged we would never oh no 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 throw no. respect on his name he is a an educated man and he just knows what he's doing oh, yeah. so the way he does this is just very uh, perverse in a very uh, in a way that maybe is not apparent right away but you feel it it's yeah. very you feel the perverse like things kind of happening in the yeah it's exposing the, the less sexy sides of like sexuality yeah definitely and there's a lot of it and there's a lot of like yeah um daddy kind of being into violence and definitely getting excitement from it uh-huh. there's obviously incest there's quite a bit of uh, pedophilia i would say you know it's never shown or referred to directly but, but they kind of there. have the one little hint to it, and I think that's kind of supposed to give you the frame of like, yeah. that's what is going on in the background, maybe. There's this whole like weird dynamic that's not really discussed at length, but there is definitely this dynamic of Daddy. It, it happens later on in the film, but Daddy sees Alice, and he touches his penis. Yeah, kind of. he tees, he's she's or he's in his BDSM outfit. Yes, and she is like tied up, kind of. Yes. So it's, it's that thing of like it's they're very and they're mommy, tied together as you might say and yeah, mommy does connected. not like it it's the, no. another thing mommy does not like it yeah because yeah, daddy she, is hers yeah she um, wants to fuck her brother yeah that's what she wants to do that's why they were born of the same family that's why you have siblings apparently other things that Leroy said uh, we done popped this house's cherry <laughs> he does say that <laughs> that's when he like it. opens the door the door yes. is the house's hymen. Yeah, that's what he refers to, yeah. yes. As in, he, uh, Leroy, I'm sure, loves uh, fucking as well. <clears throat> oh, yeah, for he's sure. He's a big fan of that's that. That's why he's going to be the um, the secretary, secretary of pussy. pussy. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> some home... Some... Some... Home... What does that say? What are you talking about? Say? Some... Let's talk about Roach, because we did not talk about Roach. I love Roach, and I miss him more and more every day. I think... I, I love sp- him. I had this bit. I'm going to do it now. Roach is uh, the guy who uh, is, uh, he was one of the people under the stairs and he lived in the basement, but he somehow got out and now kind of more like lives in the walls of the house and kind of goes around and daddy hates him and mm-hmm. he's friends with Alice and he's this guy uh, who doesn't have a tongue because it was cut out by daddy. Because he spoke evil. Because he spoke evil. Because they've got a rule of hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. And that's why Alice has done so well and all the boys... Have not because boys are sinners at heart. True. I think none of them have tongues. I think they all spoke evil. He yeah, none of his them tongue have, was none cut them, out yeah. because the evil he spoke, he tried to get help. He tried to escape. He called out for help, and they cut his tongue out. Yeah, exactly. So that's why he can't talk. All he can do is scream. 
So he's just screaming in the walls. So he's just making those weird kind of... Muffledy sounds. Yeah. Because he has, in fact, got no tongue. Um, so the guy who plays Roach, his name is uh, Sean Whalen. Mm-hmm. He's budget to Steve Buscemi. Okay, he kind of does look a little bit like Steve Buscemi because he's got this weird thing going on. But his performance as Roach is exquisite. Transcendent. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's so good that I, I can't it. really he's in put it into for, words. He's in it for a super limited amount of time. Like True. he he's his... He's very much involved in the soundscape at the start, but you don't see yes. him. Yeah. And then when you see him, you immediately, like you, the first shot you see of him is really just his hand when he gives, he's the one who gives Alice the fork. Yes. He's the thing in the, the walls that she's feeding. Yeah. But you know, first off you get that good impression of him where it's like, well, she's nice to him. Yeah. So he must be great. And then you fi- eventually meet him. He saves Fool, kind of. Um, He does, he saves Fool. Yes. Um, And it's that thing of, you meet him, you immediately love him. Then he dies. But he's in it for such a brief amount of time. And he, you love him straight away. Yeah, 100%. As long as, as soon as you see him and he kind of gets to do his thing, for real, you're like, oh, yeah. okay. And I he writes it. on the wall. He, like, makes... He's, like, writes on the wall. Alice points up. So he's, like, telling... They're in the crematorium furnace is where they hide. He, like, tells Fool where Alice is, writes her name, basically being, like, can you save her? Because yeah. he got shot. Exactly. Um, but that actor also, just for context, anyone watching, watching, fuck, listening, listening, <laughs> um, might be watching like your browser. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe you're looking at pictures of us. Um, Please don't. <laughs> you can look at pictures of me. I don't mind. Um, <laughs> um, he he plays the pizza guy in um, Friends at some point. <laughs> oh, he's the pizza guy. From yeah, he's Friends. the pizza guy from Friends. That will everyone will know who I'm talking about now. This is not oh, a joke. Here's what I, I hope have Sarah to brings propose. us pizza. Um, I have here the list of people who are uh, nominated for the Oscar as a supporting role in 1991. What I want to do is put uh, our boy, uh, boy. Sean Whalen, into that list because I think he deserves a nomination. He does. He was so good. So, but same with Judy, Gar- Judy Garland. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Renee Zellweger, Judy Garland, Dame Judy Dench getting nominated for like five minutes in Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, no, no, he's definitely there enough to be like supporting role nominee. Yeah, but even that's... if he was there for a minute, he would deserve it. He's uh, so good. True. He's very good. So I'm gonna read you who got nominated that year. So uh, the winner is Joe Pesci for Goodfellas. Fair. Um, can't do nothing about that. Joe Pesci is amazing in Goodfellas. Deserve it. Nothing much. But what what else we got? Bruce Davison in Long Time Companion. Boo. Don't know what that is. No one knows what that is. I have no idea what what that is. Uh, Andy Garcia for The Godfather Part 3. Eh. Godfather's Godfather. We sound like Godfather's. Graham Greene for Dances with Wolves. I've actually never seen Dances with Wolves. Don't want to. And then Al Pacino for Dick Tracy. Mm. There is space there. That's a very um, Italian year. It is a weird year, it seems, right? Because all those films are now, except maybe for Dances with Wolves, kind of disappeared. Like you don't really. Goodfellas. Well, yeah, Goodfellas. Like Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci won. Yeah. yeah, Joe Pesci's winning one way or another. Like yeah, he's the Uh guy. But everything else, like you know, The Godfather Part Three is now. Our boy could have been nominated. Yeah, is what we're getting. There's, there's place. The Oscars hate horror. That's true. That's true. It has been like that forever. Mm-hmm. They hate horror and comedy. Mm-hmm. 
And also, I remember as a child being like, why isn't Pirates of the Caribbean up for an Oscar? Well, that there's a good reason for that. Yeah. The first one's good. Yeah, the first one's good. I agree. Yeah. All the other ones are... Shit. Very not good. Yes, yeah, not good. Not good. Yeah, Sexy Johnny Depp, though. And Sexy Orlando Bloom. Well, Sexy Johnny Depp is something I have some somehow. You know, I, I don't... I, I know that, you know, he's been kind of... Uh, there's been talks about him not doing anything that bad. I don't know. I still kind of feel weird. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that whole situation. Yeah, that's not what this podcast is about. That's not. We're not going to talk about Johnny Depp. We're going to talk about uh, people under the stairs. <laughs> Let's see what else we got in our nose. Um, dad dresses in dot 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 BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, right. So the what concept: the people under the stairs. Yes, you've got Alice, who is essentially still proceeding to be the perfect female child. Uh huh. For a perfect girl child. She's yeah. not referred to... She wouldn't be referred to as a daughter. It's girl child. Similarly, they're... Tr- so, and Alice tells Fool that mommy and daddy are trying to find the perfect boy child. Um, and in doing that, they have accumulated quite a few teenage boys. Yes. Who they are now feeding human flesh to. <laughs> They're also eating some of that human flesh. And they're all mutating in some way. Yeah, they also eat the human flesh themselves. Um, I guess because that's like cheaper than... Because even though they've got... It's also that thing of the people with... The more wealth you have, the less you want to share it. So they've got so much wealth. Yes. But they're like, human flesh cheaper. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's also like a perversity because they are... They feel like they're just kind of bored or like they don't want to live like the way they live feels like they're just trying stuff out and mm-hmm. they want to do like weird shit. Yeah, they're like they're basically them, their house, their house and them are like con- just consuming life. Yes. Like Alice has never seen yes. the outside world. Alice doesn't get to leave. Yes. It's And it's also that thing of like it's not like they love their child and it's not no. turns out not their child. She was kidnapped. No, no kidnapped. kidnapped. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, cause she, and that's why she's a, not their daughter. She's a girl child. Um, but, you know, it's, they don't even love her. It's, really, it's, it's all the appearances thing. Yeah, 100%. And it's like... In the same way, not actually doing the appearances thing. Like, they don't let her leave the house. The, and it's kind of amazing. Like, <gasps> there's... A, Fuck. It stuck to it. Even though it's gin? It's all over. God damn it. Those, those things were uh, bought by Poitex, so I'm going to put <gasps> it on him. Boo. You're listening. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like halfway through the show, so you might have dozed off by now. Anyways, um, what I wanted to say is all this stuff happens and it's very layered and you kind of get more and more with each scene. Uh, even though so much happens and it's still like this home alone kind of weird kind of chase scene like mm. uh, that kind of expands into a whole film because there's like a good 40 minute Think like a good forty minutes of this film. I think is there's a lot of exposition. Well, there's exposition, and then it kind of starts because Full is in the house, mm. and then Full just kind of runs around the house, and it's like action for a good forty minutes with like breaks for talking, but like it's still very tense all the time, mm-hmm. and until he gets out, it's very much like this kind of uh, sequence of events where like different weird stuff kind of <laughs> escalates until you know it's kind of funny, it's kind of scary, it's kind of everything at once. But there are like snippets of this, and you learn more and more every time uh, with every scene. Like you know, you just get more context. Mm-hmm. But they still get like this. They they still find the time to put in those little scenes where, for example, like Fool meets mm-hmm. Alice, and Alice is like kind of 
weirded out by him and kind of scared and, and he asks her have you never seen a brother before and she's so... like i don't have a brother yeah and he's like no black dude yeah the, the way full speaks in this film is kind of weird because it's, it's very much like grown up black man kind of like you know that's because he had to grow up because of his circumstance yeah uh, alice gets way. to be a perpetual child yes it's again that thing of like when you're wealthy you can stay a child for longer mm-hmm. even though she's really like she's a teenager yeah. Also, the actress, I think her name is AJ Langer. She is now married to uh, a duke. A what? A duke. Let me a find duke. it. Um, a duke. duke. <laughs> a duke. A um, duke. Okay, that's good, wait, I guess, for her. Uh, AJ Langer, which is honestly a horrible surname. Her name is Alison Joy Courtney, and she is married to the 19th Earl of Devon. Wow. Uh-huh. That's good for her. Isn't she, that wild? She didn't, do, she didn't have a career, really. She's just in this... And Escape from Malay <laughs> for you, AJ. Um, Megan has just fact-checked me and said that Johnny Depp was, I think, nominated for an Oscar for Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, that's a good point, maybe. Sexy boy. Um, Depp was nominated for Best Actor at the 76th Academy Awards, in which The Curse of the Black Pearl also received nominations for Best Makeup, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Visual Sound Effects. Was best he... Visual Effects. Okay, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry to the the um, Pirates of the Caribbean fandom for um, getting my facts wrong. Uh, I'll never do it again. Please don't cancel me. He was uh, it's my nominate- first controversy as a podcast host. Um, oh, we didn't like <laughs> totally fuck up last time when we talked about Richard Jenkins. That never happened. Oh yeah, we Richard Jenkins. Yeah, we just rewrote history. <laughs> um, so was he nominated for best supporting? Megan, was was Johnny Depp nominated for best supporting actor? No. Johnny Depp was support was nominated for Best Actor. That's crazy. Who won? Well, not Johnny Depp. Oh. oh, he's got such a weird thing. So Johnny Depp was nominated for Best Actor in Sweeney Todd, The Dreamer, and Pirates of the Caribbean. His first nomination was Pirates of the Caribbean. Sean Penn won. Is only taking a picture of me? <laughs> uh, what did he win for? Sean Penn won for Milk. Uh, good choice. Uh, it's better that Sean Penn won for Milk than Johnny Depp for Pirates of the fucking Caribbean. Come on. Milk is pretty good. quite like Milk. I'm posting this on our Instagram. Good. Uh, anyways, so... Uh, what were we talking about? Um, <laughs> Punch in the dick. I looked at myself and my I got notes. distracted. Yeah! Okay, right. Reverse. <laughs> okay, wait. Let me look at my notes. They're nicer. Okay, so they're nicer to the little doggy than they are to Alice. That's so they true. feed Alice. Assumably, they also feed Alice human flesh. Very possible. Um, Never discussed, but possible. But they feed the dog human flesh, which, when you feed a dog human flesh, it gets a, it gets a taste for human flesh, yeah. and you're supposed to put it down. Yes. But that's their intention because if they train that dog in that certain way, the dog will always attack invaders and will have like a view to kill. It's not yeah. like I just want to hurt you or maim you. It's like Definitely. that dog wants to eat you. So they feed <laughs> they feed Prince human flesh. And mommy says healthy prince equals healthy home or yeah. something like that. That's what, um, what she means, yeah. And then at another point, um, prince is like attacking fool and fool's like, what are they feeding you? And then prince coughs up Spencer's little skull ring. <laughs> <laughs> and it's great. It is very funny. And then and fool's just like, oh shit. That's <laughs> okay, what they're feeding you. Go. Feeding you my It's just like I'm in a Spencer. movie. <laughs> 
Whoa, perfect timing, Prince. Wow, good stuff, man. <laughs> Have you I'm... ever considered a career in the movie industry? <laughs> now, the funny thing is that a lot of people don't know this, but Prince actually won um, the best uh, Oscar, best supporting actor Oscar that year. Yeah, best supporting act- uh, mm-hmm. actor. Yeah, was Prince. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know what's the actual... I, I'm stealing this. I'm sorry. I, I've heard, I, this is a bit from another person I've heard, but I agree with it wholeheartedly, and I keep thinking about it every time. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? No. It's a comedy. Leslie Nielsen. Uh, no. Is Leslie Nielsen not in that? I'm going to kill myself. It's <laughs> <laughs> not. No, it's a Steve Martin Frick. film. Oh, Steve yeah, Martin yeah, yeah. and John Candy. It's a John Hughes film. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, I love John Hughes. I'll and have rest in but peace. you probably know the GIF because there's a GIF of uh, <laughs> being very cold. It's been used in our office a lot where you're very cold and you have this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's this free cuts. It's Steve Martin, very cold. John Candy, very cold. John dog, Nielsen. very cold. Right? It's a very cold dog with like kind of icicles coming out of his nose and the dog being like, <laughs> kind of like doing this face. And he should get the Oscar. Yeah, and I heard the pitch being like, this is the best supporting actor performance of all time. And I kind of agree, because this dog is amazing. Do you think they should uh, introduce a dog category? Plane. Was there like a fucking train going all the time now? That was a plane. And we just screamed over it because we're so drunk? (laughs) We're not drunk. We've never drank in an alcohol in our lives. I'm sorry, Sheila. We would never drink. Mommy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, anyway. (laughs) um also there's a point where what's her name alice the interesting thing the interesting thing about this film is that they a lot of the time you know in horror films you've sort of got this thing where sometimes you don't have especially when it's like an invasion-y kind of thing yeah you don't have the invader meet the homeowner yeah until like a certain point true um but for this, there's many times where they collide and they're like yeah. in the same room. Definitely. And it's, it's like interesting that they do that. But there's one point where I guess they discover Fool in Alice's bedroom um, and Thingy, Mommy, like shakes Alice and is like, you little Judas! And calls her a Judas. There's one very upsetting scene in this film where uh, basically Alice gets tortured by being put into a very hot bath. Mm-hmm. Well, that's later on. Yes. So what happens is, so this is my notes are, is it canonical? Is that the, chronological. My notes are chronological. Great. So we next have Roach gets shot through the wall. Yes. And this is where we learn that Fool doesn't know what the fuck's going on. (laughs) Because Roach gets shot and Fool... (laughs) Fool just goes, they're in the little furnace, and Fool is like, Rope, I can stop making noise. Sorry. I'm gonna kill you're all, you. You're okay. Oh, I'm gonna cut out Abby anyway. You don't worry about it. <laughs> this whole podcast is just you and the sounds of Megan moving and the train. <laughs> um, Still anyway. Still got more respect for me than you do. You don't deserve it. <laughs> There's a bit there somewhere. Just continue. <laughs> um, so this is where we learn that Fool doesn't understand what's going on because they're in the furnace and Roach has been shot and Roach kind of doesn't care. I guess Roach is like, "What quality of life do I have anyway?" True. And he, and Fool goes, "Roach, you're shot. We gotta get you to a hospital." As though he's not been trapped in this house for hours. Yeah, we don't know how long he's been there, or you know, there's no sense of time way, in this film. Really, he's living up to his name, Fool, because he's being a dope. 
he's a 13 year old boy like come on and then roach dies true which is not nice not nice very sad very sad then there's a funny part where prince starts barking i guess there's birds. some seagulls. I think we're picking them up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's just some ambient noise. Um, Prince is barking, I guess maybe at Fool in the Walls. Or no, Fool in the Furnace. I think he's yeah. barking at Fool in the Furnace. And um, and <laughs> Daddy just goes, shut the fuck up! <laughs> and it's quite funny. And it then funny. Fool jumps out, punches Daddy in the crotch. Oh, it's just great. And then Daddy burns Roach. He cremates him. Yeah. It's not nice. It's not nice, yeah. Well, that's kind of how this film works. It shows you something funny or kind of like out there or kind of like this kind of horror film fun in terms of like, oh, there's action or there's something uh-huh. cool that happened. And then there's something terrible or something that you wouldn't expect it to do, like a torture scene or something that implies there's something really terrible going on. You know, it's it's that's kind of how this film works. Mm-hmm. And somehow it's still fun. Like, yeah. it's not upsetting kind yeah of it's watch not, it. it's kind of yeah it's that thing of like yeah this was gonna happen this was bound to happen and at this point roach dying is kind of nicer for him yeah and so he gets cremated um but before he gets before he dies and before a fool gets out of the furnace roach gives him like a few coins yes. a few of the gold coins then fool escapes somehow i think after he punches Danny in the crotch i guess he runs away yeah and then um Daddy's like following him and this like through the walls and he has like one of those guns that has a knife on it and he's trying to stab at fool and ends up killing his doggy prince. Yes. And, and he's an so happy. Scene. Yeah, he's so happy with himself. Um, he screams, yeah. "Gotcha!" <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then in a really interesting turn of events, fool escapes. Yeah. Fool just escapes Fool from the out house. Of the house. Yeah, he's like, Alice, come on. And Alice is like, scared of the falling. Yeah. He jumps, he like lands into a pond. Yeah. Um, uh, before we get there, uh, first of all, that's no. the second uh, turn of this film where you're like, oh, he gets out? Because the, the film yeah. starts and they're like, oh, actually it's starting and he's locked in the house. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, okay, I guess I have to go along with it. And then you're like, oh, so the rest of the film is going to be like him locked in the house. Mm-hmm. And then he escapes. Yeah. And with the cadence of the film, you know, this isn't the end. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's very, uh, like, in terms of the tempo, it works so well. And yet, it, it feels very uh, different from, like, a typical structure of a yeah, film. Yeah, it's not like conventional. This. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Uh, another thing I want to mention uh, is right before uh, Full jumps into the pool, they have a little little moment, uh, him and Alice. They develop a friendship, maybe a relationship of some sort, you know. Uh, definitely, there, there's something close between them. But there's this moment where they go out on the roof and they look out on the city and they say, you can see the lights of the ghetto from here. And they see the the, the, the ghetto lights. Mm-hmm. And like the ghetto is the nice thing. Uh-huh. You know, because it's not that's like, where there's community and love. Exactly. And that's where, you know, everything sucks, but at least it's not this fucking house. Uh-huh. It's great. It's such a wonderful scene. And it kind of really drives this the point of this film home. Like, mm-hmm. For me, I really felt it this time when I watched it for the second time. And it was like, wow, okay, that's, that's very nice. Yeah, it's you know? like wealth is and happiness. That's not what Wealth it is, is wealth. Exactly. Um, yeah, and then so they... So Fool escapes. Alice is too scared, doesn't escape. True. Fool gets away, which is great. Then Fool goes back. Um, and then he's with his granddad, who is, I guess... Who appears in the film out of nowhere. Yeah, he's got a granddad now. Um, 
And he, I mean, we're kind of also guessing he's his granddad. Is he, is he his granddad? I think they mention it. He's an old man. Yeah. Um, and he is counting the coins and basically is like, well, you've got enough money to pay rent to the year 2000, which means they've been evicted now. What? How's your math work now? Well, because the year 2000 has passed. So oh, now. as of now, they've been evicted, which is well, pretty sad. But the events of the film were different. Well, who's to know? Um, <laughs> but the granddad tells him kind of the history of the Robesons, which is the mommy and daddy. Yes. And, you know, it reveals that like Alice isn't their child, that they're brother and sister. Yes. Uh, mommy and daddy, that is. Um, that the whole family's inbred, that they um, owned a funeral home, which you do see... So yeah, that's is basically the dad or the granddad just reveals the kind of whole history yeah. of the family. He's kind of the exposition person in this. Yeah, he's the kind of the the wise man. Yeah. So fool, before he leaves, he promises Alex he's gonna save her, and then he like calls the police and he's like, I want to report child abuse, which is incredibly vague. He obviously does a terrible oh, job of yeah. reporting it yeah. because then the police go and they literally just look on the surface of the house. And obviously the service of the house looks fine. They go in. Mommy has some cookies. Um, they're such bad police. They're like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, I'm so sorry. You have to come all the way here. And then they go and they find Alice's room where Alice has already been hidden somewhere. Yes. I just mumbled that. I said, obviously, but I went, oh, <laughs> <laughs> the, This is pure podcast. Alice, <laughs> Alice has obviously been hidden. Um, so they go to Alice's room and they're like, oh, this is like a child's room. And there's a funny scene where just before that, Daddy is talking to a policeman. He's got a cap on. He's talking. The policeman looks away. He pulls his hat off while he's talking about the house, pats some of the blood off his head, um, and then puts it back on just as the policeman looks back while he's smoking a pipe. Very funny. Then the police officer comes and he's like, there's something you might want to see here. They go to Alice's room. They're like, look, because it's clearly a child's room. Yeah. Um, And then they're like mommy is like oh this is our daughter who is like no longer with us and then she says she's still she's like in a sense she still lives here and always will and so, the police you know, are like oh i'm so sorry it yeah. wouldn't have come into and this alice alice is somewhere hidden in the walls like <laughs> crying it is an amazing scene mm-hmm, it great. is very like it's the, the least subtle thing you can think of like mm-hmm. it's very much bringing the the point home it's like those white people are there and the police comes and they're like, oh, they're just white people. There's definitely <laughs> nothing going on here. You're white. It's, it's all fine. Great. They have a basement. Let's not look no, at let's it. Let's not look That's there. their private business. It's all great. You know, it's this probably their sex dungeon. Yeah, this guy is smoking a pipe. He, he, he's, he's worthy he's cool. of my respect. Yeah. He looks like he's about to play a game of golf. He's chill. Yeah, it's all great. And then know? you also see daddy like a few minutes later while the police are still in the house like hiding his BDSM costume. Yeah, 100%. It's like, it's right there. Yeah, it's, it's not right even there. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, the and police just don't care. And then the police exactly. leave. One of them looks like Bill Skarsgård. Uh, okay. By the way. I did not And notice, I was like, is I that Bill Skarsgård? And I was like, or no, not Bill. Which is... Is Bill Skarsgård the one that's in Mamma Mia? <laughs> one of them no, is... that's in... Stellan. Okay, yeah. So Bill is Pennywise. I think it's Stellan. Yeah, Bill is Pennywise. The more there's, Swedish there's one is one in Mamma Mia. There's one more Skarsgård. There's one more who's eh. in like... Uh... Eh. Alexander. Thank you. Thanks, Megan. Thank you, Megan. Megan's our fact checker. <laughs> slash marketing lady. Slash Logan designer. Slash all around better person than we are. No. <laughs> well, that's not really big competition. Yeah, we are horrible people. Very bad. Okay. But that scene is... Um, 
I think quite special. I, I think yeah. it's like it's, it's you don't expect it to like you know even you watch this whole scene, uh, this whole film, which is weird and tonally all over the place, and still this scene comes up and it's like a comedy scene, very much like yeah. a like a you know a, a satire comedy kind of bit. Mm-hmm. And the police, the police leave, and then yeah. like I guess they're cleaning up, and they're probably talking about. I think they're talking about like how much of an inconvenience it was. Yeah. And Daddy says, "Got to get a new dog tomorrow." Yeah. So it's it's also and that thing care. of like you think that they love the dog more than Alice, and it's like fuck, they love the dog more than Alice. Yet they're also like, eh, eh dog gone. Just buy another one. Get yeah. new dog. Doesn't really matter. So yeah, and that's when kind of full because the phone call didn't do anything. Well, they what they do is, and you wonder maybe this was fool's intention. Maybe probably not. Um, but so they arrive. The police. Yeah. Mommy says something like. Oh, they left. Did, did any did anyone get out because they left the door open for quite a while and they couldn't watch it the whole time? Yeah. And he's like, "No, they didn't." But then we realize, fool. Yeah. Got in Still through the knows. through the open door. And that's a thing. Um, I guess the film implies that uh, that our characters knew well enough that police wouldn't do much, so uh-huh. they kind of yeah they weren't really plan. scared of police. Yeah. Once they once they've had like ample time to clean up after themselves. Yeah. They don't care. There's one thing i have written down here that fool says that's right before that scene and he says um well they're talking about you know alice kind of left in the house and kind of what to do about it and he says somebody has to do it and maybe that means me and that for me is the point where fool is no longer a fool because Uh that's kind of where he grows up and he becomes exactly you know just the person and the thing about fool is that like we know that he wanted to become a doctor so we kind of have that setup of like he wants to help people yeah and we know that we're like yeah he really does he doesn't just like want to be a doctor it's that thing of like you know a rich white kid wants to be a doctor because their parents are like you should be a doctor and we've got the money and that's the best profession or whatever whereas Mm -hmm. fool's like i want to be a doctor because i want to help people exactly and that's exactly what he does and Uh he lives up to his promise and he does what he's supposed to do which is go and and help yeah and his sister ruby does the tarot cards again and she says that she doesn't get the fool anymore yeah but she still gets something scary yeah you know it's like something bad's gonna happen so alice is like tied up this is the bit where daddy arrives in his bdsm costume touches pp and this is where we realize there's like that not realize but like get confirmation that there's that kind of weird and sexual thing with alice but yes. also we know that alice isn't their child but it's still pedophilia um, and also weird um and then fool tells alice that they're not her parents he's like you were taken um also daddy for some reason has decided that fool and alice have had sex yes and he's like she's a whore yeah and he keeps saying like those two because, I know um, something's happened. So that's another thing that we didn't really touch on. But mommy and daddy are religious. They are. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They I pray. Think, uh, Christian, so they, Catholic. I w- would say probably. They're non. Yeah, they're like non-denominational. We don't know what the non-denomination they are, but they like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um. But you know, you've got. We realize it's a recording, so they've got kind of a tape playing, which shows a little bit of intelligence. Yeah. So kind for of. the most part, they're kind of stupid. Yes. Um. But there's that little bit of like they've sort of preempted the fact that they think fool is probably trying to fuck them up in some way yeah. like they think he's probably yeah. returned yeah um because they've got a recording playing which is them praying so it's um that round um so mommy is like say your prayers like a good boy which is again the eatable thing of like at the end of the day she's acting as his mom yes even though they call each other mommy and daddy yes but oh, that's also, how they call each other yeah that's yeah their- uh, but it's the same thing of like that's also just a thing where like 
parents, grandparents will call each other. Like my grandparents called each other mom and dad. Yeah, and they sure. would talk about each other. But they were not brother and sister. No, they were not. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like they they have that thing in the recording of them praying. and they. But the, what's interesting again, and I think adds that extra layer of like, maybe this was also their upbringing in a way. And like they are also sort of perpetual children in some way or another. Yeah. Because they say, what they say is like a child's prayer. Mm-hmm. It's a prayer. I know that we've, I talked about this with someone recently where we, maybe it was Parker. We never, like, we don't, we didn't say this prayer. So, hello everyone. Ireland's a very Catholic country. <laughs> as is Poland. Uh, Poland but, is um, as well, yes. Yeah, but like, so I grew up, I went to Catholic school. We said prayers all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, mainly, you know, you said that our father, the Hail Mary, and then you also had prayers like kind of, I feel like we had prayer at the start of the day. Mm. We said grace at lunchtime. And okay. we, I think we said a prayer at the end of the day. I don't remember the prayers. Okay. But I know we said them. Um, yes. But then, I, yeah. Anyway. Um, but in America, and mm-hmm. I remember always seeing it in films, and I hated it. It made me really anxious. Because this is the thing, with a lot of the media you consume as an English-speaking child, but not in America, mm-hmm. is American. It's, you know, it's American TV shows, American movies. Yes. There's, like, limited amounts of maybe English, and then tiny, tiny, tiny bits of Irish. Yeah. Um, but mainly it's American. So, mm-hmm. like, you would see them saying prayer, and one of the main prayers they say as children in America is something it's something like um and as i lay me down to wake and if lay i know if i die before, before i wake, wake i pray the lord my soul to take yeah. which i hated i was like i don't want to think about it if i'm gonna die which is I... what they use in this film and which is what which is which very is what, uh it's a super prolific. childish yeah, yeah it's a super childish prayer uh, but th- they do change it so it's if i kill before i wake oh, which number gotcha. one i don't think uh, makes sense in syntax Does not, yeah. um it doesn't make any sense um, but also it's it's still that thing of like they're using a child's prayer so they're very childish in like at their core somehow they are quite childish but it's you know it's a bit more complicated than that there yeah. are a lot of things but i think it's that classic sort of um incest narrative of like if you're in this sort of weird ancestral environment which i think you see sometimes you see like in very often in horror yeah where it's like there's incest, but they're also just super childish because they grew up in a really weird, twisted environment. Yeah, anyway. I think it's this inability to get out of this because they grow up in a very, you know, probably oppressive kind of um, I mean, they dress like it's the 50s. They do, yeah. Mm-hmm. They dress like what? Adults dress like in the 50s. Yeah. And it's the it's the nineties. Yeah, and it's this thing of they can't get out of this, and that's why they may be stuck a little bit in those childish ways. Like uh-huh. Daddy is especially childish in a yeah. lot of the things he does, even For though sure. he's sexual, and his sexuality is also very mm-hmm. you know undeveloped, maybe in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the kind of childish, inquisitive sexuality almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's you know it's not nice. It's not good for an adult man to 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 do what he does. But it's not Murder? Many, it's not good e- for e- any man. Flesh? It's not good for any man to do what he does. But in terms of his development, even what? as a character in a horror film, he is very backwards. You know? Yeah, I mean, I would say in general, just it's not good for man. Full stop. To exist. Yeah, not not the best. I think better no man in world. So, anyways, the end of this. <laughs> film, the end of this film is um, we have um, full in the house. And Alice in the house who decides finally to kind of rebel and go on. And people under the stairs rebel as well. Uh But we also have this outside influence 
of uh, Ruby. Uh-huh. Ruby arrives essentially and, as a distraction. Yeah, essentially as a distraction. But it's very important that there was a group of people outside of the house kind of like, uh, you know, vocally expressing how they're uh, against what's going on mm-hmm. there, you know. And what's interesting is that I think it's it's sort of that thing of like, it's the perfect timing. But, I mean, you don't know how much Fool has told them. You kind of assume he's told them everything, but maybe yeah. not. Maybe there was no time. But it's also, she arrives and she's like, oh, I'm from the union of people without houses, something along the lines of that. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she's like, name. it's not good. You have all the money. We don't have money. You evicting us, etc." And then they eventually, I fair. mean, she's just a teenage girl, so they shut the door on her. They're like, whatever. I'm sorry, how old is Ruby? Teenage. <laughs> I don't that, know. That might, like, There's no legal age for prostitution, so I don't know. You think she's a teenager? Because she seems yeah. a bit older. I no, think I think she's a, no, I think she's a teenager. I think, I mean, the actress, she's played by someone, for sure. How old is she? But her, her real age isn't going to correlate with what, I think her character is a teenager. You think so? Yeah, I, I kind of had that because like Full is the teenager and she is older than him. But Full, but I mean, Full's like thirteen. I would picture it as like Full's thirteen, she's seventeen, eighteen. Okay. But I mean, we don't know. We're we're not. We told. don't know. So, okay. Ruby arrived. They don't yes. want. They're not. Mommy answers the door. She's not interested. She's yes. like whatever. She's still put together. Closes the door. Then, goes back down to the basement. Shit goes down. Then there's a knock on the door and it's like, please open up. And mommy goes up and she's like, oh, she's got a knife. She's a bit in yeah. bits now. She's kind yeah. of had a bit of a tussle. Um, lipstick yeah. everywhere. It's a mess. Yeah. Um, and the, the the knocking keeps happening and it's like, if you don't open up, we're going to break in or whatever. Yeah. And she opens the door and it's just fool's granddad. Yeah. Which is honestly like a really good tactic if you want to get into a house, just pretend you're the police. Yeah. So she opens the door. And this is the one scenario where it's like, oh, I wasn't prepared for the police. So she's kind of like, oh. And she opens the door and she's like, um. And basically, you kind of get the idea where she's like, oh, it's fine. Because there's only two of them. I can probably kill them. But then loads of people arrive. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially people being like, we don't want to be evicted. We're the community or whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's, it's the people the speaking their, uh, yeah. Their, the their people point. speaking their bit. Yeah. Um. And we have this whole bit about uh, Fool going into the basement and finding the, the treasure, which is a lot of money. Uh-huh. And, and the super smart thing, which again reveals how smart Fool is, which is just ironic because like, his name is Fool, I guess. Um, it's not the same. Anyways. What were we talking about? Well, <laughs> so there's lots, of <laughs> there's lots of money. And then he, so Daddy comes downstairs um, and he's hearing the coins dropping. And he's like, oh, like, I know I've, you know, carried the coins and I hear them dropping. So he thinks that he knows where Fool is. Yes. But then you see that Fool, <laughs> you see Fool has like stuck loads of coins. The camera shows you Fool stuck coins into the candle. And as the candle melts, the coins, the coins drop. And that's what's making the noise. Which and is it's uh, so weird. Smart. Yeah, it's kind of smart and also kind of weird. Like uh, it takes a long time for that a candle. That would have taken to, him a yeah, long time. Yeah. But anyways, we won't go into the the timing the of how he got gritty, that done. Yeah. But essentially, fools like he finds dynamite and fools like I'm gonna blow this place up if you shoot me. Which again, you're like you'll die also probably. The thing is, yeah, that at the end of the the film, fool blows up the whole house, but somehow he does it in a way which doesn't hurt him or Alice. 
yeah. which is kind of in line with the fairy tale kind of cartoony vibe of the uh-huh. whole thing, which is it's, fine. You know, it affects. But I mean, also, the dynamite is we've seen where the dynamite is placed. So the yes. dynamite, they saw the dynamite upstairs in the attic, yeah. kind of in the like I guess in the trap door of the attic. And then also it's like behind the candle and Fool is behind sort of a doorway. Yeah. There's no door, but there's like a, an arch and Fool's behind there. So you kind of get the impression there's enough logic there that you can be like, yeah, okay. They yeah, okay. They like, you don't have to think about it because like... The, it's the not house out of the realms of possibility. The, the house has to blow up at the end because that's the point of the film. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is daddy doesn't like blow up into smithereens. So mommy, for, for the context, mommy... Ma- for the what? mommy has been eaten by the the children the boys mommy gets eaten by the boys so mommy gets thrown to the basement i guess eaten by the boys the boys attack her fuck yes we've missed a lot so alice and mommy have a standoff of some sort yes ruby at some point gets into the house or whatever yeah. yeah mommy and alice have this great standoff um and mommy Everyone should watch this. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You should watch this film. It's, you what? You listen to two that, hours of this fucking podcast. Not, do your fucking homework, Jesus. It's not that scary. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the levels and I'm freaking out. This is gonna take a lot of work. Have fun editing. Um. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, mommy and Alice have a standoff, and. Mommy is, it seems like that kind of thing where mommy's got a knife, so it's like, oh, she's gonna win. But then the boys, who all love Alice, the boys ascend and the boys kind of start helping, and, and then in turn, but it's that satisfying thing where it's like the boys aren't the ones who are gonna win, or the boys yeah. aren't the ones who are gonna save Alice, because Alice is the one who needs the retribution. Yes. That's the right word, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So mommy, you know, is kind of essentially, she gets kind of stressed, not stressed, she gets whatever. The boys guide her into the kitchen where she ends up walking into Alice's knife, which was the knife mommy was holding. Yes. So Alice is still pretty much the one who ends it. And then the boys eat her and yeah. kind of throw into the basement. So yeah. she goes into the basement. She's pretty much dead. Yes. And the explosion happens, but not in a way that it blows daddy up to smithereens or anything. Yeah. So it's that thing of like, well, it's the positioning of he's closer to the dynamite. So yeah. there is a logic of like, well, yeah. That wouldn't have killed Fool. Yeah. He's behind a wall. Kind of, yeah. Alice is far enough away from the dynamite. Mommy's already dead. The only yeah. one we need to kill is Daddy. We don't want to kill the boys. No. So yeah. That's what happens. Daddy gets blown up. The boys get to escape. The boys is a very like Lost Boys vibe. It's very much like... It's I've very... never seen the Lost Boys. There's a, Well, no, like Lost Boys, like Peter Pan. There's a oh, Peter Pan gosh, vibe. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the sorry. same thing as like the Orphanage, which we'll watch that some week. Yeah, which love I, that I love that film. Good so film, it's yeah. and it's very similar, and it's that kind of funny thing where you look deeper. There's so many films that have a little bit of Peter Pan in them. Yeah, sure. where like they're the Lost Boys. Alice is Wendy. Yeah, Alice is the one who's kind of nurturing them, taking care of them in a way, being their mother. She's feeding the boys. Yeah, 100%, um, yeah. so like the boys are the Lost Boys. They're like trapped, mm-hmm. and they're having this life, and they get to escape, and yeah. they like, and it's again that thing of like it's the same as the dog where like like Prince like they're being fed human flesh and they're like yeah okay whatever this is what we're living off but they go out and there's like so many people and they're not eating the people because they're like i just want to escape so they escape from the house after it gets blown up and when it blows up this is a super satisfying thing yes which i wanted to mention at the start but i didn't i saved it for the end oh 
um, it's the satisfying thing of like the film's making this political point but it does also like there's a there's a satisfying kind of tying up of knots where you know you've got the whole commentary on like poverty and the wealth not being evenly divided and the yes. house explodes and you know um, fools discovered all this money yes it ex- the, the house explodes the money like goes out the chimney because there was a crematorium in the house so there's like a chimney that kind of goes through the whole house it explodes which the the chimney confuses me but anyway whatever the, it doesn't make any sense though. yeah the chimney doesn't make sense um but the money explodes out the house explodes out the windows somehow fool and alice and the boys are still alive yes but the money just kind of comes out of the house and there's this big crowd of people who are living in kind of poverty or at least don't have super amount of money Superman money? Uh, they don't have, they a, don't lot have money. a lot of money. I don't know why I said Superman money. That's okay. <sighs> they have. A, they don't have a lot of money. You're doing great, Abby. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, you've got that thing of like, all the money explodes out of the house and it's that order being restored and there's like a nice tying of knots in the film where the political point that's being made has a nice resolution as opposed to a lot of films make this political point but then they're like, eh. Yeah, exactly. We it's, just want to make the point. We don't want to give you a resolution where it's like, yeah, yeah the money comes out of the house. Everyone gets to take it. And yeah. Alice is free. True. Fool's still alive. Yeah. And, you know, you also, to round up the story about mom having cancer, the mom gets to live. Yeah. Apparently. Because she gets her, yeah, she gets, she gets her surgery from the coins. Yeah. Which is fair. But like, you know, yeah, that's, that's part of the film. And like a very important part of the film is it's a political statement and because it's a political statement it has to have some sort of a resolution and you know it has to have this moment where they're like yeah this is what we're going for this is what this is about and you know money should go to the people and this is bad Mm -hmm. you know it's but a lot of films don't have i'm I'm hearing phantom trains at this point there's a lot of noise in the background yeah i'm sorry i don't know why um it's the noise of our emotional turmoil there's a lot of emotional uh, turmoil going on oh, in my life, at least. Us. I don't know about you, but... Oh, you know, so much. Um, it's not the best time. <laughs> but no, I think a lot of films try and make a political point, but don't... Yeah. Don't, ne- don't necessarily bother with the resolution, whereas this has a resolution. It's a kind of... It's a sort of... Like you said before, it's like a fairy tale thing. It's a fantastical yeah. kind of resolution where it's like the money, I guess, just explodes. Because the thing is, the money is notes as opposed to that, like, yeah. mythical coins. Also, like it's it's an explosion. How does the money just fly off the yeah, place? Yeah, is it all dollars? Is yeah. it is it like one dollar notes? Is it twenty dollars? Like how much money are they really getting? Also, doesn't it like burn down? Like it's a lot of it's very warm. <laughs> There's a lot explosion. to digest. There's but the the point is, Wes makes an effort. Wes we is not only makes an effort; he does his job so well. He writes a script. Uh-huh. He has an idea for a film, and he has his vision and this film if anything definitely feels like somebody's vision that's kind of put into life and it's like definitely what he wanted it to be yeah and i think it's very honest and very you know effective in the end but even you know even if you don't like it i think it's kind of hard to you know be like oh this film doesn't try or doesn't like kind of push like do everything that it can to kind of get to that place it wants to get to i you know it's kind of hard to argue against that and i love the film but it's a wonderful film. Yeah. I'm glad you recommended it. Uh, Abby. Yeah. The people under the stairs. <laughs> Fuck, can't kill. Go. Fuck Roach. Because I love him. Great And choice. he won't talk, which is men <laughs> Which men shouldn't do. Like during um, uh, coitus? You just mean? in general. I don't want to hear what men have to say. I've had earplugs in this whole time. Um, That's fair enough. What? 
<laughs> That's part of it. Okay. Um, haunt. Haunt. Leroy. I don't like Leroy. You don't like him? No. Why? He's not very nice to fool. He is. Um, well. Or maybe no. Yeah. Fool, it's no, kind of Leroy. hard to determine what he is. Because I mean, I think Leroy is like the kind of middle ground villain. Yes. So okay, yeah. Haunt Leroy. Okay. Kill. Mommy. Kill mommy, specifically mommy. Mommy, yeah. Yeah, you well, hate um, mommy. Yeah. Okay. You just don't like like uh, maybe co- daddy, post I don't that. Know. Yeah, both of them. It's hard to choose. They're yeah, they're both deserving yeah. of death. Definitely. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like, there's no way to argue against that if you've seen yeah. the film. They yeah. deserve. They're both death. deserving of death. I suppose it yeah. depends. I think if you kill mommy, you kill the you cut off the source. Yes. So you kill mommy, daddy's like, eh, what do I do? You kill daddy, mommy's like, man, I'll take over. I'll yeah, find another exactly. One. Yeah, he, he, she'll do something about it. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah. okay, Macho. It. Yeah. The People Under the Stairs. Where's Craven? Yes. 1991. Yes. Fuck Hank Hill. Uh, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to fuck Ruby Williams. Okay. <laughs> she, as we determined, she is of age. <laughs> uh, so I feel okay about that. See, I don't. when I start watching the film, I don't know if I feel that way. But when she goes into the house and she's like, "Oh, you are you people are bad," then I'm like, yeah, "You're like true." I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into it, Ruby. You yeah. know, bring it on. Mm-hmm. So I, I would fuck Robbie Williams. Okay. <laughs> Robbie Williams. <laughs> Matthew's a big <laughs> fan of Take That, the band. Uh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I want Okay, haunt. Did you say haunt. you want to go home? <laughs> no. You're home. I am home, yes, I know. No, I'm gonna haunt. Some people told me that I say haunt like hawk, uh, hot. Like, that yeah, a lot of people, people are confused yeah, about the name of the podcast. Yeah, haunt. Haunt. I would haunt Leroy as well. But because yeah. I think Leroy is giving a lot of bad examples to the child, <laughs> and I think those should haunt him in his future. <laughs> You, you shouldn't say the things he says to a child. Yeah. You know, he says, you know, I'm going to be secretary of pussy. And Fool's like, okay. Fool's like, Fool's like, I want to be a doctor. And Leroy's like, okay, nerd. Yeah. What anyway. about secretary of pussy? Did you ever think of that position? <laughs> so anyways, I want this to haunt Leroy in his okay. later life if he wasn't killed because he dies in the film. But okay. Anyways. And kill? Uh, I'm going to kill mommy and daddy. And that's, you know. Both? Uh, yeah. No, no one said that was a rule. I don't care. I'm gonna kill both of them. Oh. Fuck him. Oh. Well, which are you gonna fuck them or are you gonna kill them? I'm gonna kill them. Okay. Well, Congrats. that was it. Thank you, everybody. Bye. We played the game of fuck, hunt, kill. No, Abby. There's one more thing we have to do before we finish this uh-huh. podcast, which was going on for way too long. <laughs> long and we are way too drunk for this, but we're gonna do it anyway. Please, Abby. What um, are we watching next week? I would love to talk about. Oh, this is my first choice. <laughs> I would love to talk about the film Hush. Hush? Oh, uh-huh. I've seen that film. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a film about a... It's on a Netflix. A lady, yeah. It's about a lady. Um, I it's a Mike Flanagan that. film. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, his wife is in it. She plays the star. Right, so it's okay. got John Gallagher Jr., I believe his name is. He okay. played Moritz in the original Broadway cast of Spring Awakening. Woo. Uh, I would like us to watch that, please. Thank you. Yes, Hush. Great. So that's... Um, we're going to watch Hush next week. 
super easy that to get. It's yeah, very easily accessible. It's not like you know the it's release. It's not just been released major. or yeah, anything. No, yeah, no, nothing like that. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Hader's not in it. <sighs> That's its one downfall. That's the downfall of most films. Yeah, most films mm-hmm. have that downfall. So I Bill agree Hader's with that. In them. Yeah. He's in Skeleton Twins. That's true. It's not a horror <laughs> film in any way. It has got the word skeleton in it. That's true. Yeah, skeletons are scary. Pretty spooky. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. It was called Fuck, Hunt, Kill. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I was in it. My name's Abby. And my name is Maché. Thank you for listening to this bunch of bullshit. Um, have a nice day, evening, life. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed listening to this on your commute. I know that's when I listen to podcasts. True. And if you have not seen People Under the Stairs, watch it. It's easily accessible. You can get it on uh-huh. iTunes. In you can Ireland. borrow it from Maché. You can borrow it from Ray. me. Just fucking, you know, ping me. <laughs> somewhere somewhere find uh, me send us a contact form on our website fhkpodcast.com exactly and send us a dm on our instagram on fhkpodcast our... that's all uh, yeah that's all things we do and abby manages them so uh-huh, please uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. reach out and uh, thank you to megan thank you to megan for Thanks, first megan. of all uh, sitting in on the podcast and second of all being making my our, sister being abby's sister and also making your beautiful logo it's, it's really great and i we love, love it, it. We're sorry uh, that Maché is a man. It's disappointing. It's it's always disappointing. For me too, sometimes. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. Thank you. Bye. Uh, never See you next forget, week. men ain't shit. Women is the bestest. Don't cut that out. Cut that out of the podcast. <laughs>